If you've ever had the feeling that things were hopeless, hold on. You may feel you're facing an impossible situation, but the Bible says God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Now, hope comes from having a purpose. Hope is as essential to your life as air or water, and wonderful changes are going to happen in your life as you begin to live it on purpose. God says, I know what I'm planning for you. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you a hope and a good future. I'm Rick Warren, and this is Daily Hope. Today on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, we continue in a series called The Invisible War with part one of a message called Being Faithful in a Faithless World, taken from Luke's Gospel. Here's Rick. Everything in this world focuses against you to keep you from living by faith. In in Luke chapter 18, Jesus said this. He said, when I, the Son of Man, return, and Jesus is coming back one day, When I, the Son of Man, return, how many will I find on earth who have faith? Why is it so important? Well, the Bible tells us three things about the importance of faith. I want you to write these down. Number one, the Bible tells us that God is looking for faithful people. God is physically, visibly, actively taking the initiative to look for faithful people that he can bless. God is looking for people that he can bless and what he looks for is people of faith. Second Chronicles 16:9 says this, for the eyes of the Lord search back and forth across the whole world looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him so that he can show his great power in helping them. This has been one of my life verses, that God is looking for people to use. And if you get usable, he will wear you out. If you get blessable, he will bless your socks off. That's why I don't wear socks. And God says, I will use you if you will be usable. God is looking for people, faithful people that he can use. Number two, the second thing the Bible teaches is that faithful people are hard to find. They're actually quite rare. People who trust God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength are actually quite rare. Faithful people are hard to find. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse uh, verse 6, it says, everyone talks about how faithful he is, but it is difficult to find someone who really is. A lot of people talk the talk, but they don't really trust God. They don't really believe God. They're trusting their credit card. They're trusting everything else. They say they believe in God, but they don't really trust him when it comes to their finances, their health, their job, and these other things. Psalm 53 says this, God looks down from heaven at the children of man to see if a single one is wise and seeks God. But he says all of them have proven faithless. Circle that word, faithless. They've all proven faithless. They've all been corrupted by by the world. And not one of them always does right. Faithful people are hard to find. God's looking for people to bless, but he can't find people who are blessable, who are gonna live by faith. Now the third thing the Bible says is this, faithfulness is the key. 
to blessing, to victory. It's the key to victory in your life over all of the problems in your life, and it's the key to blessing in your life. Just being a faithful man, a faithful woman. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter five. Every child of God can defeat the world. Remember we're in this battle called the invisible war. And it is our faith, circle that, our faith that gives us the victory. That's how you're gonna overcome your problems. Not by intelligence, not by money, not by creativity, but it is by your faith you're going to be able to overcome difficulties, distress, despair, things like that. Every child of God can defeat the world and it is our faith that gives us this victory. No one can defeat the world without having faith in Jesus as the Son of God. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will be richly blessed. As your pastor, I pray that God will bless your life. I want God's blessing on your life. I want you to have physical blessing, financial blessing, emotional blessing. I want you to have spiritual blessings. I want you to have relational and vocational, mental. I want every area of your life, social, to be blessed. And I want it to be like this. A faithful man will be richly blessed. I want your life to be richly blessed. But in order for you to have that blessing, you're gonna have to learn faithfulness. You're gonna have to learn how God tests it, and you're gonna have to learn how God grows it. So let's look this weekend at the six tests of faithfulness, and how God uses these things in your life to grow your faith so that then he can bless you. Let's get right into it. Number one, the Bible tells us that God uses little things to test your integrity. God uses little things to test your integrity. Now we often think, oh, it's the big things in life that create a leader. No, the big crises in life reveal leadership, but leadership is built not in the big things of life, it's built in the small things of life. That's where integrity shows up, in the stuff nobody sees, in the stuff behind the scenes, in the small, unseen, unspectacular, moral choices of life where you do the right thing and nobody's ever gonna see it. God tests your integrity in the little things. And faithfulness requires integrity. Faithful people reveal their integrity in the small, the unseen, and the unnoticed acts that nobody ever knows about. Luke 16, verse 10, Jesus says this. Whoever is faithful in small matters will be faithful in large ones. And who is ever dishonest in small matters will be dishonest in large ones. Now what is he saying here? He's saying your public blessing is determined by your private integrity. Did you hear that? Every time a, a politician has a scandal, you can always count on his defenders to come out and say this, it really shouldn't matter what a guy's private life is like. Have you ever heard that one? It really shouldn't matter what a guy does in his private life. It hasn't has anything to do with him as a leader. It has everything to do with him as a leader. Because if a man lies to his wife, he'll lie to his constituency. Believe me, if he'll lie to his best friend that he said, till death do us part, and be dishonest, and he'll reject and cheat on her, he will cheat on you, voter. Count on it. 
Count on it. My public blessing as a leader comes because of private integrity that nobody ever sees. Your public blessing as a person comes from your private integrity that nobody will ever see. God uses little things to test my integrity. Not only that, notice the next verse. Jesus says this. And if you have not been faithful with that which belongs to somebody else, who will give you what belongs to you? Now he's talking here about the concept of apprenticeship. That before God gives you something, he will often loan it to you. He'll often see how you work in somebody else's. For many centuries, the only way you learned a job skill is you became an apprentice in somebody else's job. If you wanted to learn to be a shoemaker, you apprenticed to a shoemaker who mentored you. If you wanted to be a mechanic, you apprenticed to a mechanic, and you worked in his mechanic shop before you got your own. The problem today is we have many people going out and starting things, and they've never apprenticed under anybody else, and they get in all kinds of trouble. He says, before you get your own, you need to serve in somebody else. As a pastor, I apprenticed under many other ministries before I was given my own ministry. I served as a youth pastor under a guy's ministry in Norwalk. I served as a Christian teacher in a college before uh, under somebody else's ministry. I served as an associate pastor. I served as a writer in a Christian organization long before God gave me my own ministry. He says, if you're not faithful with somebody else's job, who's gonna give you? Are you as particular with somebody else loans you something? Somebody loans you a car. Do you treat it as nicely as you treat your own car? Somebody loans you their home to go on vacation. Do you treat it as nicely as you would your own home? You see, I learned a long time ago this principle. I don't have to own it to enjoy it. But I can take care of it, even though it's not mine. And so I don't have to own stuff for people to, you know, this week a guy, uh, I, I, I had to fly over to, um, to Phoenix to speak at a convention. And the guy said, Rick, why don't you get your own plane? I said, absolutely not. Never, you will never hear me get in my own plane. Now, if you want to buy one, I'll use yours. <laughs> I'll be happy, but I don't have to own it to enjoy it. He said, but you fly all around the world. I said, no, no, I don't, I, I'm not going to buy a plane. First place, I don't think it's good for pastors to own that kind of stuff. And, and, but I said, you, I don't have to own it to enjoy it. If somebody else wants to provide you got a plane, fine, I'll use it. But don't worry about having to own something in order to enjoy it. God will often tr- entrust you with something that's somebody else's before he gives you your own. Pastor Rick's just getting started with this message called Being Faithful in a Faithless World. It's part of this series, The Invisible War. There's more real hope ahead, so stay tuned. Pastor Rick Warren has served the church locally and nationally for more than 30 years. He's the author of many books, including The Purpose Driven Life. If you've been helped through Rick's ministry, he would love to hear your story. And you can connect with us at the Daily Hope website at rickwarren.org or just call us 1-800-600-5004. That's rickwarren.org or call us at 1-800-600-5004. More in a moment when Daily Hope with Rick Warren returns. Why am I alive? 
Does my life really matter? What on earth am I here for? Have you ever asked yourself these questions or wondered about the answers? In his newly expanded book, The Purpose Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For? Pastor Rick Warren has updated this best-selling book with 30 additional hours of teaching, including video chapter introductions, audio lessons, and two brand new chapters. This Christ-centered book is a must-have for anyone struggling to find their place in this world and ultimately in God's plan. And in launching this new ministry, we'd love for you to have a new hardback copy of this book for a gift of any amount in support of this ministry. We deeply appreciate the opportunity to bring hope from God's Word to you, people in your community, and across the country. Again, that's the new hardback book, The Purpose Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For? for a gift of any amount. So call today, 800-600-5004, or visit rickwarren.org. And now, once again, here's Rick Warren. You know, about uh, two years ago, remember when we had the uh, anniversary, 30th anniversary of Saddleback, and we went up to, to Angel Stadium? Remember when we did that? When we were planning that service, the staff members, we were all sitting in a staff meeting one day, and I thought, you know, we're going to have children at that meeting, and we're not having Sunday school that week, and they're going to get bored in a two-hour adult service. So we better think of something for the kids to do. So I thought, why don't we get a little gift bag that we give every kid who comes to Easter at Saddleback up at Anaheim Stadium. And in that little bag, we'll put you know, a bottle of water and some crackers so they don't get hungry, and maybe a crayons and a little coloring book for them to do, little activity. And maybe we could come up with a little trinket, kind of like a you know, toy you get in a Happy Meal that, that the kids could enjoy because they're gonna be in an adult service. Now we're sitting in this staff meeting and I'm thinking, who could we ask uh, who might have a little thing we could buy to put in that, in that bag for kids? And a name popped into my mind, and it was Hobby Lobby. Okay, Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby is owned by the Green family. Wonderful Christian family, live in uh, Oklahoma. They have over 800 Hobby Lobby stores. It's a craft store. None of them are in California. They're all over the Midwest and the East. And they're kind of like a Michaels or a Joann's, but they're bigger than the Michaels and Joann's combined. They're the largest hobby store in, in the world. And I don't know why this name just popped in my mind. Now, I had never met these people, never met them, but I happened to have Dave Green's email. And so I wrote him a note and I said, Dear Mr. Green, my name is Rick Warren. And uh, we're thinking about having a big Easter service and we're gonna prepare these little gift bags and this may be a really stupid idea, but uh, do you have anything in your hobby store that we might be able to buy to put in the bag at Easter? And while I was writing him, I just told him four or five things we're doing. We just did the peace plan where we went to every single nation in the world, sent 15,000 of our members to go overseas to plant churches, equip leaders, assist the poor, care for the sick, educate the next generation. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we're trying to build, we're doing a thing called Decade of Destiny. We've got 12 major goals. One of them is we're going to restart a retreat center. We looked at Rancho Capistrano, but that, we're not, we can't afford that. Uh, we're we're going to go after 3,800 unreached people groups around the world. And, uh, and we're, 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 we started a food pantry. And I was just telling him eight or nine things that we were doing. The next day, I get an email back from this man. He said, Dear Rick, uh, we talked it over with our family, and there's nothing um, that we really have that would, I think you could use for a kid 
you know, thing in a gift bag. However, we would be interested in buying Rancho Capistrano and letting you use it. Hello. Okay, so I call a guy back. I say, hey, fantastic. Now, again, we don't have to own something in order to make use of it. That's called faithfulness, okay? So we didn't need to own it. So they, they rented us, they leased us Rancho Cap, they bought it, they bought Rancho Capistrano, and they leased it to us for the whopping payment of $1 a month. For the last 18 months. Now, Dave Arnold, pastor on our staff, uh, graciously paid the first year's rent. <laughs> so, so those of you at Rancho Capistrano Church, you should thank Dave for your church because he paid the $12 for the first year of rent. We went down there, we started a church, Rancho Capistrano. We started an intern program and we put up, we, we, we had thousands of our members go down there. That place was a mess and it was in disrepair. Thousands of our members have gone down the last year to paint, repair, fix up something that wasn't ours. And, and, to, and we started an intern program to put 100 interns there, to bring them in and train them and then send them back to churches. And uh, we start a, a retreat center and, uh, to have an overnight retreat for, so people can do life planning. We started an organic garden down there in order to provide fresh food, gra- you know, lettuce and tomatoes and things like that in, in addition to the canned goods that we're doing and feeding the poor. And we just thought of six or seven different things. So God, number one, uses little things to test my integrity. Number two, second, very important, God uses my talents to test my unselfishness. God uses my talents to test my unselfishness. Now you have to decide in life who or what you're gonna live for. And you've really got two choices in life. You're either gonna A, live for yourself, a self-centered, miserly life, or B, you're gonna live for something greater than yourself, which I highly suggest the kingdom of God, live, live for Jesus Christ. You're gonna live for yourself or you're gonna live for something bigger than yourself. Faithful people don't live for themselves. They realize that the talents God gave them are not for their own benefit, but they're for the, to make the world a better place. Do you realize this, that when God made you, he gave you all kinds of gifts, all kinds of talents, all kinds of abilities. We call it your shape, if you've taken class 301. Your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. These five things make you you. And God made you you, and there's nobody like you in the whole world, and he wants you to be you for his glory. Now, God shaped you to serve him. How do you serve God? There's only one way to serve God, by serving other people. On this planet, you cannot serve God directly because you can't see him. So the only way you can serve God is by serving others. And when you serve others, you are serving God. And God shaped you to serve him. Now, faithful people realize that their talents are not for their benefit. You know those talents you've got? I'm sorry, they weren't given for your your sake. You were given the abilities you've got to help other people. For instance, one of my gifts, one of my talents is I have a talent at teaching. But God gave me the teaching gift not to benefit me, but to help you. My gift helps you. In the same way, God has gifted you. 
And your gift was meant to help me and to help other people around you. Now, if I don't use my gifts, my talents, you get cheated. If you don't use the gifts and talents that God gave you, I get cheated. Now, you may have a talent for art, and you say, well, why do I do art? Because I just love to do it. Well, that's nice, but that's not a good enough motive. Because God didn't give you artistic ability just so you can love to do it. He gave it to you so you can use your art in some ways to help other people. Some of you have an ability to fix things. Some of you are good at mechanics. Some of you are good at math. Some of you are good at closing deals. Some of you are good at uh, music. Some of you are good at organizing. And you can organize something really quick. And some of you are good at trimming and gardening. And you know what? God made us all different so everything in the world gets done. If we all like to do the same thing, there'd be a lot left undone. So God made us all like to do different things. Now, those things that God gave you are not for your benefit. They are given as a stewardship. And God is watching you to see if you use what he gave you effectively on earth. And if you use it effectively on earth, listen, he's going to give you more responsibility in heaven. That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. Rick's going to be back in just a moment with the number one thing you can do today to live your life to the fullest. But first, I'm going to tell you about the Daily Hope website. It's rickwarren.org. Log on there today, and at that site, you can get the entire message you heard today. You can get message notes, sign up for Rick's Daily Hope devotional, even access all of Rick's social media links there, too. And please don't forget, Rick wants to know how today's lesson or one of his books or another resource has helped you with your walk with Christ. So visit us today at rickwarren.org. And today we have a special book for you to thank you for your financial support of Daily Hope. It's for a gift of any amount. It's Rick Warren's New York Times bestselling book, The Purpose Driven Life. Rick shares in this newly expanded version of the book that when you're battling the invisible war, your starting place must be with God and His eternal purposes for your life. When you understand your purpose, it's going to lead to healing and empower you to fight the good fight. So please go ahead and give us a call to request your hardback copy of The Purpose Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For? today. 1-800-600-5004. Once again, Rick Warren. The Bible tells us that God is looking for faithful people. God is looking for people that he can bless and people he can use. And what he looks for is people with faith. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him so he can show his great power in helping them. People who trust God with all their heart and all their soul and mind and strength are actually quite rare. Faithful people, the Bible says, are hard to find. In fact, in Proverbs 20, verse 6, it says, Everyone talks about how faithful he is, but it's difficult to find someone who is really faithful. In other words, a lot of people talk the talk, but they don't really trust God. They trust everything else. They trust their credit card. They trust their intuition. They trust everything else but God. They say they believe in God, but they don't really trust him when it comes to their finances or their relationships 
or their health or their job or anything else. Did you know God wants to use you? God is looking for people to use. And the only thing that will hold him back from using you is you. You see, God doesn't create some people to be used and blessed and others who can't be used and can't be blessed. The difference is those who have faith and those who don't. For the next few days, we're going to be talking about how to become more faithful, how to trust in God in every area of your life. I'm Rick Warren, and I want you to join me next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.